Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Well, friends, welcome. We're uh, discussing Colorado's radical abortion bill and, and what happened down there at the state capitol a few weeks ago. A little cowboy proverb for you that I appreciate. I'm a, I'm a big Louis L'Amour fan. I live on a little ranch, not a big one, a little ranch. We've got some cows and sheep, but a little cowboy uh, wisdom that I, I think you all might appreciate. This comes from Will Rogers. There are three kinds of people in the world. The ones that learn by reading, the few who learn by observation, and the rest of them who have to touch the electric fence for themselves. <laughs> That's why we appreciate Colorado Christian University. You can learn in life without having to touch the electric fence. We'll give you all the wisdom of thousands of years of great Christian thinking and teaching without having to touch the electric fence. Well, uh, we're back. Uh, we have Margot Raddick on the line. Margot uh, helps lead the effort down for the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. And we're talking about this radical abortion bill and what happened the last few weeks. Really, a unique galvanizing of the pro-life community in ways we've never seen. So we were not successful in defeating the bill. It passed through the House. It passed through the Senate. We heard that the House did a record-long filibuster to try to stop and raise awareness of this radical abortion bill, and we explained to you all what was in it already. But the Senate also had quite a fight on their hands, and Margo was a part of all of this, really a young William Wilberforce down at the Capitol fighting for the sanctity of life. Margo, are you on the line with us? I am. Can you guys hear me okay? We got you coming in loud and clear. Margo, give us a sense of what was going on on the Senate side. So it passed out of the House, went over to the Senate, and uh, faced uh, opposition from pro-life Republicans over there. What was their strategy down there? Yeah, so down at the Senate, we saw um, somewhat of a different but a very necessary strategy. So in the House, we have this long debate filibustering, um, really showing the necessity of putting up a long, long, hard fight. And what we saw in the Senate was was similar gusto of a fight um, and, and they focused specifically on um, some arguments that were made in the House, um, like parental notification. So that may be something that we've talked about, but uh, really there's very, very few restrictions around abortion in, in the state of Colorado. And so one of them is that a parent would be notified that the uh, their minor child is going to be getting an abortion, not even consenting. Um, and so what we saw was some st- highly strategized arguments around um, parental notification and trying to amend any to the bill to ensure that that would be held up in the bill. So we had several different senators um, making really great arguments from lots of different perspectives, um, whether that was legal or stories um, or, you know, the just the horrible implications and uh, the, the things that come from women who are post-abortive. So it was, it was really interesting. There was one amendment that was run that explained the process of abortion, um, which was very interesting to see um, that it is a difficult thing to hear about. And so uh, when that process was really uh, explained that, that there was some discomfort, it seemed like, in the chamber. Uh, and now... Um, 
and, and Margot, to your point on that, uh, it, one of the things we notif- notice when you go down and testify is that the pro-abortionists will always talk in euphemisms. They'll talk about, uh, well, it's a health prop, uh, policy or it's a, it's a decision or it's a medical act. They won't ever describe what actually takes place. And on the other side, the pro-life side, we get into all the details because it's important that if we're going to make public policy, if we're going to decide what the laws are, especially as it relates to a, a human being and what a human being is going to go through, you need to explain the details. I mean, think think about uh, how the left treats the death penalty, right? They get into the details of the death penalty, what drugs are used, all that stuff. They'll do that for a convicted murderer to spare that person's life. But if you get into a preborn child, they ignore all the details and want to get into kind of euphemisms. And so Senate pro-life legislators were trying to make that very clear into the Senate record and for all the media to watch uh, as to what exactly what was going on. And, and Margot, to your point as well, with regards to the legal implications, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits that come out of this. Uh, Amy Stevens, who used to be a state rep, brought this up during her testimony. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what they're anticipating with regards to maybe some legal challenges after this is all done? Yes, definitely. So uh, the broad language that is used in the bill uh, does open up for lots of court cases to ensue. So what we'll see is parental notification, as I've mentioned before, um, likely uh, is able to be overturned or at least not enforced because when you have laws, you use them to interpret one another. And, And the language in the bill says that nothing must interfere with an individual's right to getting an abortion. And so what does that mean, interfere with? I mean, that is so vague and broad. Um, And there's also potential risks for what does this mean uh, for for sidewalk prayers or, or people that, you know, bring the trucks with ultrasounds to be able to do something like that? And so are they interfering with a woman's right to uh, get an abortion? And so those are some questions that are really going to have to be figured out by the courts as, as this is signed into law and have to be figured out from there. I think it's really important for people to understand what is going to happen to the state of Colorado uh, as a result of this bill and and what is going to happen with Dobbs coming down so or being successful and then bringing down Roe v. Wade. Uh, Colorado is going to become an abortion destination. So you're going to see, it wouldn't surprise me, Planned Parenthood buys property maybe 10, 15 minutes outside of DIA and runs buses 24 hours a day. As young women come into the state of Colorado without notifying their parents, going to get abortions with almost no restrictions, really no health uh, restrictions as well, even for the mother. And and so we're going to see young girls die, I think, as a result of this bill. We've seen that in other states that are so lax on abortion that they really don't care about making sure that the, even the mom is cared for. So uh, we're, we're going to become a, a death state. I mentioned this in the, in the opening part of my message. We're going to have life states, places like Texas, Florida, uh, many parts of the Midwest, and we're going to have death states. And uh, we as the pro-life community need to be ready for the battles ahead, uh, which means we need to provide alternatives uh, for these young women coming in that Planned Parenthood and abortion facilities are not the only thing that they have to go to, there's great organizations out there that will care for the mother and the child, provide housing, provide food, provide education. You know, we often get this labeled that uh, we only care about the baby up until it's born, and then uh, we don't care afterwards because we're not willing to put government programs behind it. But uh, we have these great 
religious-based organizations motivated out of faith, motivated out of compassion, that want to care for the mom, care for the baby, and provide for them. And so uh, that's one aspect. We're going to have major legislative challenges. You may end up with an abortion facility in your neighborhood that you cannot restrict as a result. So, uh, Margo, I mean, it really was a fascinating moment. Frank spoke with us prior to this about just kind of how the pro-life community mobilized in ways we've never seen before as a result of this bill. Do you want to talk a little bit how you saw that down there at the Capitol? Yeah, it was truly incredible um, to step in and see the way that the pro-life community came together to fight against this. Um, I mean, we saw hundreds of people coming out to testify for both the House uh, hearing and the Senate hearing for the bill, which is not normal um, to give some reference. You know, for most bills, you may have anywhere between five or, or 20 people testifying. That's kind of maybe a more normal amount. Just like hundreds of people coming down to testify against a bill speaks volumes. Um, and I, I think a really cool opportunity, Jeff, as you've mentioned that we've seen here now, is that they're, the groups that are providing alternatives, they are ready and they want, um, they want to help and they want to step in. And I think that uh, we're seeing a, a, a revamp of this and an increase of, of services and opportunities for women to see that there are alternatives um, to abortion. That doesn't have to be the only answer. And so the pro-life group really is coalescing together um, in one you know, to fight this bill as it came through, but, but also to step up really to the plate and, and let women know that they are there to support them. You know, with regards to those testimonies, I think it was like 350 to maybe 25. So 350 against this radical abortion bill, only 25, 30 people there maybe in support of it, mostly representing organizations. So when you look at just the sure sheer numbers they're absolutely on our side and then centennial institute organized over four thousand messages sent to legislators against this and then of course we had this rally so uh we had this big rally about two weeks ago down at the state capitol just as the legislators in the house of representatives were finishing this historic uh historic filibuster they get to walk outside to uh, hundreds of people outside of the legislature cheering them on Uh, so we may have lost the battle we were not able to stop this radical abortion bill we were not able to amend it Uh, Planned Parenthood has total control down at the state capitol at this point so we weren't able to stop this bill but I believe that history's on our side we are going to win the war on this as people are waking up to the fact that uh, there is life at the moment of conception it deserves to be protected and we can't be discarding it Uh, any final comments Margo? Really just thank you for your work on the bill and I think for those listening uh, get involved. See how you can help it. Uh, you know, an alternative pregnancy crisis center, different things like that. There is hope for this state, and uh, it's important to to make sure that, that we're supporting the women and their children. Yes, abs- there is hope, absolutely, and we're going to be fighting back and continue to making uh, a, a big difference in this state. We'll do it from the grassroots up. We'll serve moms. We'll serve babies. We'll also fight at the political level, uh, at the legislative level, to make sure that uh, w- we're trying to turn Colorado into the sanctity of life state that it should be. Well, thank you, Margo, so much for the work that you're doing. When we come back, we're going to be uh, exploring some unique things happening at Colorado Christian University with Dr. David Cotter, as well as a preview of the upcoming Western Conservative Summit. The Western Conservative Summit's only 
a few months away, and we're going to be getting into details from that. So we'll be hearing from a future speaker at the summit. So stay tuned.